There's life and death in the power of the tongue. Amen. That's Proverbs. Next. Mark 9, 24 says, I believe but help my unbelief. We also talked about declaring, you know, the issue or the controversy of declaring things that we don't fully believe. And a lot of times, you know, people are declaring things they don't believe and they actually cause more harm to themselves because they cause this internal hypocrisy, which is called cognitive dissonance. And it's like you're saying something, but you have a stronger belief that directly opposes that thing that you're saying and it's not helping you. It's actually harming you. So we, we said it's okay to recognize when we're in, in, in the same place as this person that came to Jesus, when Jesus said, do you believe? He said, I believe, but help my unbelief. What he was saying is, I want to believe that, and I know that you can, I know that you want to, but I, like, if I'm being 100% honest, I'm not fully there yet. And it's okay to recognize when we're not fully there, when you can't see yourself in the promise. You know that's the word of God. You know his word is true, but you're having a hard time seeing yourself in that fulfilled promise. Like, and I'm speaking about the imagination of your heart, right? And you're having a hard time feeling the joy that comes with that promise because uh, it's still not 100%. And it's okay to recognize when you're not there and say, Lord, I want to believe this. And in cases like that, you know, I'm going to hand you a sheet with declarations. You can modify the declaration so that you're not lying to yourself and causing this internal hypocrisy and saying, I am healed. I am healed. But you can say, like, I'm ready to believe that I am healed. I'm ready to believe that God is healing me. I'm ready to believe, right, until you start seeing it and, and putting yourself in that place and actually changing your internal picture in that belief system. Because otherwise, we'll just cause frustration. The Bible says the hope deferred makes the heart sick. And so you don't want to cause yourself to your heart to be sick. We want to hope in the Word. We want to put our faith in the Word of God. But we also want to recognize when we, hey, I'm saying I'm rich, I'm rich, I'm rich. But the truth is I'm so broke, you know. I feel like I'm, I'm you know, I'm trying to convince myself. And so I can say, I'm ready to believe that God wants to supply all of my needs, that he's a good father. And as you're, as you're declaring this and you're meditating in his word, then you start changing the belief system in you so that you can fully declare, you know, what you want to declare, what you want to believe, because it's the word of God. Are you with me? And so it's not like we're taking a step backwards here. It's like we're helping ourselves and we're helping our heart to be lined up with the word of God and what we want to believe, and especially addressing the opposing beliefs. Because we said that the real question at the end of the day is, if I want to believe that, but I know that I fully don't yet, what inside of me is directly opposing the truth of the word of God? Because that's the thing that I want to pull out. What inside of me, what belief system, what negative uh, memory, what trauma from my past is so ingrained in my subconscious and in my heart that it directly opposes this promise of God's word. You see what I'm saying? Because that's the very thing that I want the Holy Spirit to find, uproot, tear down, destroy, heal, so that it can be replaced. Are you with me? Let's go to the next one. We want to believe, say we believe, and even say the right words. Let's keep going. Uh, if there's any area in our lives where we're not always prospering, there must be something opposing our beliefs. We talked about that. Next, ask the Holy Spirit, what lie so strongly opposes your revelation that I find myself in unbelief? Okay, we talked about that. 
We talked about cognitive dissonance. Let's go to the next one. There's power when we truly believe the words we say over our lives. Amen. Like, we want to believe them because those words are creating. And we also talked about not being the words police, right? You know, you don't want to be the guy that is like, ah, you said the wrong word. Man, now your life is a mess because you didn't say it right. Or, you know, we don't want to be those people. There was a, there, there was a pastor. I saw a pastor do this, and I thought it was pretty cool. He gets up. He starts preaching, and, and he says, you know what, guys? Uh, last week I went to an old library, and I found this witchcraft book with, and he pulls up the book, you know? He's like, with like tons of spells, and I thought it'd be fun to just read some of those. So and he opens it up, and he's about to start reading, and he goes, and he notices people like in the room. They just like they start squirming, and they're like, like getting ready to leave the room, you know? They're like all nervous, and he goes, you know, that's just kind of funny how how much more faith we have in curse words than in blessing. He said, because I get up here and I read from the book of life every week, and you don't get as excited as you, as you just got scared. I was like, ah, oh, wow, that's good, you know? And so sometimes, like, we're, we're more afraid of the negative things said than we have faith of the blessings spoken, you know, over our lives, you know, we have a, a prayer line here every week, you know, ready to bless you and pray for you anything. And how many times do we just, you know, we just completely ignore that opportunity to, to receive a blessing, right? And, um, and so, anyways, I want to suggest to you that we need to have more faith in the Holy Spirit leading us into truth and in the blessing spoken from the Word of God than fear of you know, a wrong word, or then fear of being deceived. You know, we want to trust the Holy Spirit more and His direction more. Um, right, let's go to the next one. Oh, you know, you're getting closer to genuinely, genuinely believing something when you can close your eyes and see it, and even more when you can feel it, right? So you will have some of these declarations to take home today. And so when you close your eyes, you want to be able to see yourself in there, uh, and then even... Try to feel. What does it feel like, you know, when, when you experience that, you know, when that manifests in your life? Uh, and do we have one more or is that the last one? Is that it? Okay, thank you. All right, so that's our review, okay? And we're going to get into, into the biblical prayer this morning. So I'm going to break it down. I'm going to throw out a lot of scripture. You can write them down uh, if you'd like. Um, and then uh, before we leave today, we're going to hand you this this, this, uh, this paper that you can take home. Um, it's called Morning Prayer Meditation and Declaration. So morning prayer, um, day and night, you know, we want to pray this. You know, this is, this is to be part of your devotional. This is not to replace your, your time with the Lord. This is just a five-minute tool that with the understanding of the last four weeks and everything we've talked about, you'll be able to use every morning to guide you, okay? But there's nothing magical about this. There's only, the only powerful thing about this is that it's based in the Word of God and that you understand uh, what you're doing. You understand the process, which is what we're doing is we're, we're praying to uproot, tear down, overthrow, and demolish uh, uh, negative images, unbeliefs, uh, hurts from the past, and we're uh, meditating on the Word of God to plant and hide His Word in our heart, and we're declaring the Word of God to build with our words from His promises. Amen? And so, um, we're going to, uh, I'm going to read this prayer to you, 
and then um, and I'm going to break it down with uh, lots of scripture, and then we're going to um, um, spend some time on these declarations as well. Uh, so close your eyes for a second, and I'm going to I'm going to pray this, and then we'll go over this. So this Holy Spirit, I ask you to find all the negative images, the unhealthy beliefs, the destructive uh, memories, and all the physical issues related to. And right there, you fill in the blank. You know, maybe it's high blood pressure, it's diabetes, it's allergies, it's pain, uh, it's poverty, it's lack, it's, um, you know, broken relationships, whatever it is. And I ask you, Holy Spirit, to open these issues and heal them by filling me with your light that drives out all darkness and exposes the hidden things, with your love that casts out all fear, and with your life which makes all things new. And restores and redeems all things. I also pray that you would do infinitely more than I have asked or even dared to imagine in this prayer time. I trust you and I thank you for your power that is at work within me. In the name of Jesus, amen. And so the first thing um, you know, that we do is we, we ask the Holy Spirit. We, we are co-laboring with Holy Spirit. Why? Holy Spirit is the person of the Trinity that was left here on earth to lead us into truth, to be our teacher, to be, to be our companion, to be our comforter, to be the one that heals our heart. Like He is the one that Jesus say, I must go so that he can come and he must feel it. He's the gift from the Father. So Holy Spirit, you know, uh, in, in Psalm 139, verse 23 and 24 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. All right? So, so the Spirit of God is the one that searches our heart. So that's what we're praying. We say, Holy Spirit, we need to do this with you. You know, the Bible says Jesus told us he's the vine, we're the branches. And apart from him, we can do squat. Right? Nothing. Nada. Like and you're like, well, no, I can do some things. That's true. You can do some things, but you can't do the supernatural things with the power of God that you can do when you're connected with him. So apart from him, we can do nothing. So we're connected with him. So we're, we don't want to go doing this kind of stuff without the Holy Spirit. We, it, it's just not going to produce the same results, you know, if we just do it on our own. Just like you shouldn't read your Bible without the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is the one that brings it to life, okay? And so uh, Romans 8, 26 and 27 says, In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses, we do not know what we ought to pray, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Who the Spirit, Right? The Spirit is, is, is the one guiding us, even into our own heart, because we talked about in the very first part that there's things that we don't know. Um, in 1 Corinthians 2.10, it says that these things God has revealed to us by His Spirit. So as we're praying this, the Holy Spirit is going to reveal things to you, is going to bring things up that maybe you didn't even remember. And when these things come up in, your, in this prayer time, you know, the Holy Spirit is, is bringing them up for a reason because he wants you to, you know, to deal with them, to address these things. To, he wants to heal these things, okay? Um, and then, uh, you know, it continues on to say that the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. Now, 
we, we ask the Holy Spirit to find the known and the unknown issues, okay? The ones that we know and the ones that we don't know. Why? Because we said how there's things in our subconscious, in our heart, like planted deep inside that we don't know. Things that could have happened before we were we even have memory or recollection of, right, in our childhood. And my wife uh, had a powerful testimony to share last night about it. Um, you know, maybe I'll share that with you in a little bit. But, um, but we ask him to find the known and the unknown things because we don't know all things. But he does. He does. There, there's things underground that he knows where they're at, how they're affecting our lives, that we don't know. So we say, Holy Spirit, I'm trusting you. You know, it's like... We hold them by the hand, and we go. And that's the difference between a relationship and religion. Religion is, give me the, the rules. Give me the thing to say. You know, how many times do you want me to say it? You know, and, and, and it's just, that's not, that's religion. There's no relationship in that. And relationship is, I hold your hand, and you walk me through it in the dark. And I'm just walking by faith because I'm holding on to your hand. You know, when you go on a date with your wife, you say, hey, what would you like to go on a date? Oh, I'd like to have some coffee and go to dinner. And then you go to coffee and dinner, come back home and be like, oh, I had a great, great coffee and dinner. How was yours? You know, you go together, right? Because it's not about doing the thing. It's about doing it together. And so that's the difference between religion and relationship. You know, people that just have religion don't have a communication, don't have a walk of faith with God. They're just like, all right, give me the rules, and I'll make sure, you know, try not to break them. But in a relationship with him, you know, we, we're walking with him. We're, we're, we're saying every step of the way, you know, Holy Spirit, lead me into the thing that you want to talk about today. What's the thing that you want to heal in my heart today? What's the thing you want me to believe for? What's the thing that you want to restore today? What are we going to do today together as father and son? <clears throat> and so we, uh, uh, in uh, Matthew 6, 23, says, But your eyes, if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? And so we ask him to find the known and the unknown things because sometimes we don't know. What, what this scripture is, is telling us is that sometimes we think some places are full of light, but actually they're full of darkness. And uh, Pastor Kerr has an amazing message on the dark corners of our heart. Uh, and, it, and it's referring to those things, the unknown things. Like you think it's all good, but you can't see because you have a blind spot or, or, or a dark corner and you just you can't see that. But, but the Holy Spirit does know those things. Um, in 2 Corinthians 4, 6 says, For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine into our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. Um, so we ask, uh, we ask the Holy Spirit to find three specific things. The first one is negative images, okay? And negative images refers to a wrong image or a wrong idea of something. And I'll give you a few examples. Uh, you can have a negative image of serving God. You can have a negative image of money. You can have a negative image of marriage, Anybody? You can have a negative image of men, of women. You can have a negative image of parenting or having kids. 
You can have a negative image of, of being in ministry. You can have a negative image of, of pastors or evangelists or prophets. Why? Because at some point, you know, some negative image impacted you, imprinted on your heart, right? And you saw something. You know, that's the reason why so many people aren't in church. It's because they have a negative image of church. Because they've been to a lot of unhealthy places or very religious things, you know. And so they have a negative image of church. And so it's hard for them to try it again. And so we have negative images about a lot of things, but it doesn't mean that they're truth. And these negative images are robbing us, right, from, from a lot of things. You know, to some people it's robbing them from prospering financially. To some people it's robbing them from having a great marriage. To some people it's robbing them from um, going to church, from serving in church. Are you following me? And so we say, Holy Spirit, find the known, the unknown, Im negative images. You know, things that I have a wrong image about because it's affecting me somehow. And the Holy Spirit will bring, you know, certain things up. Then we talk about, we ask him to find unhealthy beliefs. You know, and unhealthy beliefs, um, they... Um, they have to do with, um, it's more than just an image, it's, it's a belief system, it's like a stronghold, okay? So the Bible talks about strongholds, and the way strongholds are formed is when you have a, a negative experience about something, and, and it creates a new belief that is founded on, you know, again, a lie or something that happened negative to you, and then you start collecting evidence throughout your whole life about that one issue, right? Like... I don't know, let's say again that maybe a man hurt you or a father hurt you, and so you start building up a stronghold that all men are bad, right? And then you see, you know, the news about a man who did something wrong, so that becomes another building block for your stronghold, right? And then you have a boss who is mean and abusive, so you add another building block to that stronghold. And so, so you're just looking, you know, without knowing, you're looking for building blocks to this until it becomes a stronghold and it becomes a belief system, you know, about that one thing. And so those, those are founded on lies. And we want the Holy Spirit to reveal it to us, like say, hey, this is an unhealthy belief about this thing. And we need to demolish that. You have authority to demolish that stronghold and to replace it with truth. Right? Because let's say that this person has a, a wrong belief that all men are evil, just generically, you know, speaking, you know, to make it simple. Um, and somehow they still end up getting married, you know, because something happened. Well, that belief system is still there. And eventually she will find that same problem with her own husband. Because there's a belief system that is defending itself to be right. And so eventually we'll find evidence that even their husband is the same as all the other men. And so we, we're saying, Holy Spirit, find any unhealthy beliefs, you know, and, you know, let's, let's take care of these things too. 
And a lot of these unhealthy beliefs, <clears throat> one of the ways in which we will address them is through the, through the declarations that, that I'm going to hand you. And, um, and these are like different categories that have to do with the fruit of the Spirit uh, that we find in Galatians 5 and um, in other areas of life. But, um, but we can have wrong beliefs around, around anything, really. And so we, we want to ask Holy Spirit, hey, would you partner with me? Would you, you know, I have a wrong belief about finances, which is the reason why I keep struggling, you know, keep struggling financially. Would you heal that? Would you demolish that unhealthy belief so that I can prosper in this area? Is this helping anybody? Okay, and then we, we pray, uh, so negative images, unhealthy beliefs, and then destructive memories or destructive cellular memories. And what I mean by this is um, memory, okay, so just like there's muscle memory, okay, there's also cellular memory, which, which our cells have memory, okay? I know it's kind of crazy, you know, and I'm done, I don't want to get into all the neuroscience side of that, but, but our cells have memory. So in other words, we have um, memories in our cells from even before we were born, from being in the womb, Okay, my wife has told her testimony many times about, you know, how uh, she was going to be aborted, you know. And then, you know, in her adult life, um, Holy Spirit reminded her, you know, and brought up some, some healing in her heart. Because even though she didn't know about this, it had affected her in, in, in different places of her life with, you know, self-worth and, and things like that. And so when she, when, uh, when the Holy Spirit, you know, brought that up, healed that part of her life, you know that said, no, you're, you're wanted, you're wanted. But in her, in her cells, there was memories of rejection from when she was going to be aborted. And so we have, you know, there's things in our cellular memory, there's things, there's, there's also, we know them as generational curses, right? We've, we've all heard, you know, if you've been in church long enough, you've heard of generational curses. What, what, what are the generational curses? It's those things, you know, passed down through generations, you know, that, that our, our fathers and our grandparents and, you know, and they did, and they was, and it's passed down through a cellular level into us. And so we're saying, Holy Spirit, regular memories, flashbacks, traumas, uh, inherited memories, Heal these things. We don't want these things. If they're not of yours, let's, let's remove these things so that they're not holding us back from your will for our lives. Um, and, and this could also be um, tra traumatic memories. You know, uh, you guys know I had an accident in, 2000, uh, in 2021, and, um, and I still remember the moment where I'm on the ground and my leg is going that way. From, from the knee down. And, and that was a very strong traumatic image, a memory, right? Um, and so it held me back from, even after all the surgeries, even after the doctor said, like, you can walk, it held me back from confidently walking. Because, you know, and even sometimes going up the stairs, like, I would think, like, I better not put too much force on this because what if, you know, that memory again, okay? And so, um, so my, my first breakthrough was at Sozo, you know, and the Holy Spirit healed me from, from all that trauma. But, um, but as, as I've gone through, you know, I think of that image sometimes when I'm going up the stairs and putting a lot of strength on it, 
and I feel it move a little bit, like that image comes to my mind, and, and I was like, oh, Holy Spirit, like, I don't want to live with, with that fear in me. So would you heal that memory, right? Now, I don't have amnesia. I remember what happened. I remember what it looked like, but it no longer has power over me like it did before, okay? And so we'll talk about that towards the end because that's, that's, how, um, that's how these memories and these images lose their sting. You know, there's also something called the, the law of first uh, the law of first, you know, I, there probably is a better term for that. But what I'm referring to is like the first time that you heard about something. Okay, if you're a parent and, and, you've, and, and you've done some studying, you know that the first time your children hear about a subject is very crucial because it becomes an authority on that subject. So if your children hear about sex for the first time from their friend at school, that's going to become an authority that everything else is going to be measured up against. Even if little Jimmy knows nothing and everything he said is a lie, you come after, you come second, and you start telling your son, he's going to compare everything now to that first time he heard something. That's why when you grow up in church, if you grow up in a very religious place, you know, and hearing things that make absolutely no sense, it's really hard to change sometimes, you know, even though it's clear, obvious, and, and it's the truth of the Word of God, you know, is different than what you learn. It's hard because why? The first thing that you learned, the first thing that was ingrained in you about the subject of God was that he was mad and be careful because it cost him his son. And if you make a bad move, you're going to have to pay for it. Right? Like if that was the first picture of God that was painted to you, and you come and all of a sudden you hear about God is good and he's in a good mood, you go, what? Right? So the law of first, you know, is really important because everything else is competing against that. So, so there is uh, memories that we have of the first time we heard about something, and you still remember them. I still remember a conversation I heard from a, a uh, a school pal in sixth grade that I wish I never heard. I was like, what? Like this stuff happens? People do that? You know, and it was, it was traumatic. To this day, I remember it. Now it no longer has a hold on me because the Holy Spirit has healed, healed that memory. But for a long time in my life, that, I was like, oh, I guess that's how things are. I guess that's, that's what this is all about, you know? And, and you grow up with these things having a hold on your life. And so we're saying, Holy Spirit, would you heal these memories that still have a sting on me, that still have a hold on me? Are you with me? Um, conversation memories, feeling memories, smell memories. Anybody has smell memories? Yeah. You smell something and you go, oh, man, that's so good. Or you smell something and go, oh, that, oh, God, oh, uh, get me out of here. <laughs> like a house or, you know, or, <laughs> or you see a color or you see a rug, <laughs> a rug, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and there's memories. And some are okay. That's great. I mean, 
you know, those are things that got put into us for, for a good purpose. But if there's something that it just it has a hold on you, well, the Holy Spirit wants to heal that, you know, because there's a meaning that we've attached to that that is not God's meaning, that is not, that is not what it means, or that is not based on the truth of the Word of God. Um, feeling memories, memories, um, um, memories inherited, passed down, um, or even written in our genetic code, you know, things that are just not, not from God. That, um, uh, and again, I'm not saying any of this to overwhelm you in thinking like, oh my gosh, I gotta go hunting for my whole life. No. That's why we do this with the leading of the Holy Spirit. And He is going to point us into the very things that are harming us the most, you know? And I think I said this last week. It's like if somebody comes to the Lord and, and, they're, and they're smoking and they're drinking and they do this and all that, you know, religion wants to modify their behavior right away. Religion wants to be like, stop drinking and stop smoking right now. That's the most important thing because, you know, we're just looking at the outside, right? But Holy Spirit agenda could be completely different. You know, the last thing that the Holy Spirit might want to address is they're smoking, you know, because... He knows the heart. He knows the issues. He knows the things that are causing the pain and the cycles and the, you know, and the failures and the frustration and, and the hopelessness and, you know, and the anxiety and the high levels of stress. Like, and so the Holy Spirit knows what that is. And so that's why we do this with the Holy Spirit, because he's the one that's going to be like, all right, I'm glad you're ready to pray for your own heart with me, because there are some things that I want to address that are going to unlock prosperity for you, that are going to unlock joy in your life, that are going to bring peace that you've never felt before. That, you know, and so, so we want to trust God to lead us through this in our relationship with Him. And so, so uh, it is um, negative images, unhealthy beliefs, destructive memories, okay? And then we pray for all issues, all physical issues related to, and this is where we talk about health, Okay? Uh, 95 to 98% proven by, you know, top universities in the world, 90, 95 to 98% of all sickness and disease is rooted in stress, okay? And we're talking about stress level number three, okay? There's different levels of stress. And stress level number three is the kind that puts your body into fight and flight mode, okay? Fight or flight mode. Uh, so we have two modes that we could pretty much be in to not get too technical, you know? We'll leave that to the nerds another time. <laughs> but you can be either in fight or flight mode, or, or the guy wearing the scientist shirt. Uh, fight or flight mode. <laughs> or you can be in healing and regenerative mode, okay? And so in fight or flight mode, your body sends the blood and all the strength and all the focus into the muscles, Right? Because we, God gave us fight or flight mode to defend ourselves, to run from danger, to run and grab your kid if a car is coming, to like, you know, it's like a superpower. And you're in fight or flight mode and all the blood and all the energy in your body is going to muscles and legs and running and all this stuff, okay? Um, but if it's on that mode, then consequently it's not in the healing and regenerating mode. Okay, and that's the mode that we want to be in the whole time because God created our body to heal itself. Anything wrong in our body, God created it to heal itself. That's divine healing. 
That's divine health. That's not a miracle. That's just the amazing design of God. He gave us an immune system that heals itself up, you know, when it's not in fight or flight mode. So what happens is that we live in a society that makes mountains out of molehills and everything is life or death situation. Therefore, people spend a lot of time that they shouldn't be in fight or flight mode. Therefore, not allowing their bodies to heal and regenerate cells and, and, and do the maintenance on the body that it needs in order to stay healthy and stay strong. So our immune systems are hanging by a thread and the smallest tiny thing comes or a very stressful thing comes and it breaks that thread and all of a sudden we get sick. Let me tell you, the testimonies that we hear about people that consistently work with their heart, you know, and it, because the other thing that this does is it'll remove that stress. It'll remove that stress from your life. And the testimonies are so powerful that we hear of people getting healed from cancer stage four with no other medicine just by doing this. Why? Because God created our bodies to defend themselves. God created our bodies to heal. But when we're always in fight or flight mode, which you don't have to have a line in front of you. You could just think that you didn't get enough likes on your Facebook, so you're going to die. And you're in fight or flight mode. That's just one example. But it really, it could be anything that throws you into that, you know? It could be keeping up with the Jones. Oh, my gosh. How are we going to get enough? Like... They got all that. And I, oh my gosh, our life is over. And people just live like this for no reason. And they're self-destroying their bodies. And so, so when, we, when we ask the Holy Spirit to find any physical issues that are related to high blood pressure, diabetes, allergies, uh, pain, you know, pain in my leg or whatever it is, it, it, we're saying find the root issues, Holy Spirit, you know, that are causing these things you know, to cause sickness in my body. Um, and then we pray for, um, for these things to be found. Uh, and John 16, 13 says, the Holy Spirit is the one who leads us into all truth. John 8, 32 says, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. Um, and we're collaborating with God to take the territory of our heart, removing the giants, the inhabitants of the land. Um, so we ask the Holy Spirit to find them. We ask the Holy Spirit to, to open these issues um, and to heal them, and to heal them. And then we ask the Holy Spirit to fill us with his light. Why his light? Because his light casts uh, cast out darkness. And John 1, 4 and 5 says, In him was life, and that life was the light of all my, mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So... You know, if you, um, in 1 John 1, 5 says, this is the message we've heard and declare from you, God is light, in him there's no darkness, or there's no shadow of turning. You know, it's kind of like Dan Maria's song. It says that, that in him there's no shadow of turning. And, and it's hard for us to, to picture this, but in heaven there's no shadows. Because God is light, and his presence lights everything up. So there's no shadow. Here we have 
shadows everywhere, you know, because light is pointing from different directions because it's only coming from one place. And it's hard for our minds to understand this, but, but God's presence, his light just illuminates everything. There's no darkness whatsoever. And so when we ask for his light to fill us, you know, we're saying, Holy Spirit, would you bring your light in and light it up inside of me? Anything that is hiding, any corner, anything, whatever it is, with your light, your presence, it's going to be exposed. And he's going to expose those things. We ask him then to fill us with his love. Because why? 1 John 4.18 says, there's no fear in love. Perfect love drives out fear, right? And so when the, when the love of God fills us up or fills those areas of our life, let's say it's a negative uh, memory. Let's say it's a traumatic memory. Let's say it's a... Uh, 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 um, a, a, a belief system, right? And he fills it, fills that area with his love. What is cast out is fear. So that belief system that is rooted in fear or that memory or that image that has any fear in it, it gets cast out. There's no more fear in it. So then what comes in, what is activated is faith. Are you following me? And then we ask him to fill it with his life. Why? Because it's the life of God that makes all things new. That renews all things, that restores all things. Jesus came that we might have life and we have might, might have life more abundant. He said he is the way, the truth, and the life, right? And so uh, he's the resurrection and the life. And then finally, you know, you will start experiencing and feeling actually something happen, you know? Now, I've talked about this. We feel sometimes it's the presence of God. Sometimes we feel the power of God. Sometimes we feel like a weight lifting off. Sometimes you feel just joy. Sometimes you feel just a peace. And while you're doing this and while you're praying this, you're going to experience these things because what's happening spiritually, whether, whether you know it or you don't know it, okay? And this is the thing about faith, that faith doesn't see or hear everything. It doesn't taste and touch and feel everything, but it's by faith. So we know when we're praying, the Bible says that we know that when we pray, he hears us. And if he hears us, he also answers us so when you're praying and you're believing and you're doing this something is happening and a lot of times you're going to feel something and what you're going to feel is this in first corinthians 15 55 says where O death is your victory where O death is your sting the sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law right and we know that jesus came and because of his blood and his sacrifices and his resurrection uh death lost his sting death lost his power so what's going, what you're going to notice and start journaling is when you realize, like, wait a minute, that trauma, like I remember, but it no longer has this fear on me. It no longer has this hold on me. Like this image, I remember it, but, but it's not stinging anymore. It has no more power. It has no more hold. I still remember what that person did, but my day isn't ruined. I, I'm still in joy. I'm still in peace. I still, hey, I remember that, that negative image I had about serving God. And guess what? I feel completely different about serving God. As a matter of fact, I want to sign up to serve God, you know? <laughs> like, things like that you're going to start noticing and happening. And if you're married, you should talk about this with each other. Be like, hey, you notice anything? Did God bring anything up? My wife was, um, I'm going to ask the ushers to get ready, please, to hand these out. Uh, but don't hand them out yet because then I'll lose everybody's attention in about a split second. And so... Um, my wife uh, told a little bit of this testimony, and, and as she was praying this, we've been praying this way for 
for a few years, you know, we, we shared Proverbs 38 with you, and that's something we've been praying for, for a long time. And one of the things that happened is that the Holy Spirit brought up a memory of my wife when she was a baby in the crib crying. And um, man, it's, it's hard. It's not even my testimony. <clears throat> um, and anyways, um, she's like, Holy Spirit, what is this? I don't even remember this thing. And, um, and she asked her mom. She said, Mom, like, I had this weird image of me just crying in the crib and nobody coming to pick me up. And my mother-in-law told her, she said, man, I, I was 18 years old, you know, and I was very young and I, it was a very stressful life. And, and so there was times where you were crying. And I and I I just couldn't come get you. I, and um, anyways, Holy Spirit brought that up to my wife, and and it was it was a memory that was healed uh, and restored, and it lost its sting on her. And she said, consequently, she started feeling a joy and an acceptance that she hadn't felt before because that cellular memory from from birth had always given her this feeling of rejection. You know. And it's like, where did that come? She had no idea. And so praying this way, you know, Holy Spirit, bring that up and healed it. You know, Holy Spirit doesn't bring anything up that he can't heal. So, any, so we should not be afraid uh, of these things coming up, but instead be like, oh, thank you, God, you're bringing that up. Okay, now, now I'm getting set free. Now, now you're healing my heart. And so if we could pass those out, please. Um, thank you guys as, as quickly as possible. And, um, and this is, uh, at the very top, you're going to find this prayer, which, again, it covers everything that I just told you um, and uh, with all those scriptures. So if you go back in the message and you look, at, look all that up, you know, it's, it's things in the Bible. This is why I call this a biblical prayer. And it's a tool for your morning prayer, meditation, and declarations. And then there's, there's different categories, uh, but they're all declarations. And so when you're... When you're declaring these things, you um, maybe you want to record yourself. You know, maybe you want to um, may, maybe you want to put some background worship. You know, and and so that way you can listen to it. You know, I encourage you to pray this morning and night. You know, the Bible says that meditate on the Word of God day and night. And so, why not take you know five minutes in the morning, five minutes at night, extra time, and pray this. Um, on, on your own time. But um, these declarations, you know, I want to remind you uh, last week's message. When you do this, you want, to, um, you want to see yourself in them, you know. You want, to, you want to see yourself in them. And if you have to modify any of this, modify it. Make it yours. Like, change it, you know, to, to fit you. You know, these declarations, I don't want you to declare things that you don't believe. I want you to... to, to to declare things that you can line up with or change them a little bit and say like, okay, I am ready to believe that nothing has power over me unless I allow it, you know, because maybe right now you're declaring nothing has power over me unless I allow it. And you're like, ah, but I don't, you know, I don't really feel it. So then just say something like, yeah, I'm, you know, Holy Spirit, I'm ready to uh, believe that nothing has power over me unless I allow it. And maybe, you know, in a couple days, then you're like, no, I I can see myself. I am powerful. Nothing has power over me unless I allow it, and I choose to be free. And so this is, again, this is not 
a religious tool. This is something to guide you into praying, meditating in the word, and declaring words of life over you. Okay. The other thing that I'm going to encourage you is sometimes, um, sometimes you might not feel like making any declarations, and that's okay. Um, so just do Philippians 4.8. And Philippians 4.8 says to think on these things, everything that is lovely, everything that is excellent, if anything worthy of praise, anything that is um, acceptable, like all the uh, loving and all these things, like think of a love picture, okay? And so if, if it's a morning where you don't want to do declarations or you're not feeling any of these declarations, that's fine. Just meditate on your love picture, on what God has done for you, you know, on your happy place and say, thank you, God, you know, and just be quiet before him. You can declare these. You can record yourself and listen to them and repeat after them. You can close your eyes, like however you want to do this. And then the last thing, which is very, um, very uh, powerful too, you know, is, is uh, to put your hands over your heart when, you, when you're saying this, when you're declaring this, okay? And I'm going to tell you why in one minute, you know. The Bible says to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And then it also we'll see in the New Testament that they receive the Holy Spirit through the laying on of hands. Whose hands? Your hands. Which means there's power in you. And the Bible says that the same Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives in you and will also um, uh, quicken your mortal body. So there is power in our hands. And there is power in your, um, in, in your body, the Spirit of God. So... Why not lay hands on yourself? Hello, just, I mean, just an idea here. <laughs> just put your hand over your heart, and when you're declaring this, saying, you know, nothing has power over me unless I allow it. I choose to be free. I'll tell you another one. Sometimes, um, if I'm praying for someone and they have a, a traumatic situation, I actually lay my hand on the back of their head. Why? Because this is where trauma is stored. And sometimes we also lay the hands on here, on the front of their head. Why? Because where the amygdala and all this frontal lobe and all this other stuff is. So we lay hands. So I laid hands on myself. Call me crazy. I feel the power of God. You know how many diseases and sicknesses and stuff are stored in the gut? So sometimes, you know, I feel led to lay my hands right here. And I'm praying this, and I'm asking the Holy Spirit, and I'm, de I'm declaring life over me, and I'm laying hands on me. And sometimes it feels more powerful when I do it on my head or on my heart or something, and I just lay my hands on me. Because if I lay hands on someone or I stretch my hand, why the heck do we stretch our hands towards someone if we don't believe anything is happening? Uh-huh. But see, the, the big difference is going to be between those that do it and those that don't. And so I would love to start hearing testimonies of people who are. Because what you will start noticing is um, just overall increase in joy, peace, health, prosperity. You know, things will be unlocked. And things that you will even notice things in other people that you're connected with. I don't have time to go into this one anymore, but um, 
but but I, I've told the testimony, you know, when I started working on my heart intensely, you know, in the last six years, I we can't control other people, right? And God won't violate anybody else's will. But there's something really powerful when you work on things in your heart, especially things that are connected to other people, and all of a sudden you see them changing. It's pretty powerful, and like I said, I don't have time to get into that right now, but I'm saying start noticing these things and start you know, realizing this stuff because it will happen for you. And so as you go through these declarations, you don't have to do them all every day. Just see which ones land with you, which ones some, some of these feel stronger for some people, and you know, uh, some of these things are um, harder for some people to say, you know, and so you'll feel real, real powerful in some of these um, more than others, and that's normal. And so just follow the direction of the Holy Spirit. You know, I'll tell you one that I've been working on a lot is that patience one, where it says, I wait patiently for God in his love to give me what I need when I need it. And at first I was like, Ugh. you know, like, Ugh. you know, and it's, it's, it's referring to trust. Because it's like, if I really trust God, then I, you know, this is the fruit of the Spirit. It's patience. I know, I know. A lot of people have a negative image about patience. <laughs> but, it, but it's a fruit of the Spirit. And, and so, you know, I wait patiently for God and His love to give me what I need when I need it. I can relax completely in His love and care, knowing He's leading me to a glorious future. And I was like, oh, He's leading me towards a glorious future. I should be thankful and excited and relaxed, not stressed that it hasn't happened yet. We try to make things happen on our own, right? And we're stressed out about it. And we're frustrated why they haven't happened. And it's like, do you trust that he's leading you to a glorious future or not? So then take it easy. Calm down. Take a chill pill, you know? And I wait patiently for the Lord. You know, and so there's some of these that are going to land real, real strongly with you. Um, and, uh, and so I encourage you to spend... I encourage you to take either one day for each each category or one week for each category and to just flow with the Holy Spirit. See, where, where is he wanting to work? You know, what area of my life is he wanting to work, you know? And so has anybody been blessed by this? I hope this helps some people. You know, this is a year of upgrade. It's a year of upgrade for us. It's a year of upgrade for our church. And I just want you to remember this. To the degree of your health in your heart, Will be, the, will be the degree of your prosperity, you know. In 3 John 2, it says, you know, Beloved, I wish that you may prosper above all things and be in good health just as your soul prospers. And to the degree that your heart gets healthier and more whole, you know, you allow more of God's promises, God's power, and, and his whole life to flow through you. And so stop waiting on God. He's waiting on you. <laughs>